It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know on the Badger State and beyond. Here's Mike Spaulding and Carol Kane. Wow. Top billing, huh? <laughs> I, did, I did not direct them to do that. That is very, very cool. Yes, I am Carol Kane, and he is Mike Spaulding. If you have anything that you want to ask us, or something you want to chime in on, um, it's the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. I'll answer anything, really. It doesn't matter. You can, I've, I've been in this business for so damn long, I, there's no sacred cows anymore. You know what I mean? We're but, going into the holidays, Carol. People will forget whatever you said anyway by the time the New Year starts. Yeah, no, let it See? Rip. Exactly, exactly. All right, we are going to lighten things up a little bit. We have Matt Miller from OnMilwaukee.com, and we're going to talk movies, we're talking books, we're talking all kinds of stuff. So, Matt, thank you so much. I was kind of a last-minute thing, and you jumped right in, and you said, yeah, I can be there. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, gosh, talking about my favorite things, sports and movies. Gosh, twist my arm. I know. <laughs> All right. I I was just telling Mike off the air, there are so many facets to this Scorsese film, and I, you know, outside of the, everything. So I read a scathing article in the New York Times. Uh, they just skewered this movie. They hated it. So you've seen it, I'm certain. What did you think? <laughs> I, I mean, I, th- I think it's great. As it turns out, Martin Scorsese, one of our best directors still, uh, still churning out incredible stuff. And, you know, it is, it's very long. It is basically a sixth of your day you have to dedicate to a movie. Uh, but yeah, I think it's worth it. I think it's time well invested. I think he knows that the time you are invested comes across in the movie. Kind of like how The Irishman, the length of The Irishman, is why that movie hits so hard at the end, because you spend so much time with this character, and you realize just how much of his life he wasted. And I think that's kind of the thing with Killers of the Flower Moon, too, where the length is about, you know, the the prolonged, you know, the, the what, 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 what we did to the Osage people. Um, so, yeah, and I think it's great, and I... I, I I can't imagine it not being brought up at the Oscars, probably Best Picture, probably Lily Gladstone getting brought up for Best uh, Actress or Supporting Actress, whichever way they decide to take that. Uh, And, I mean, it's a hit, too. I mean, I know it costs a ton of money to make, but it has made $50 uh, $50 million, which is pretty impressive for a a three-and-a-half-hour-long, you know, depressing drama about <laughs> history that is not, you know, flattering history by any means. And Matt, this seemed like it was more than just, you know, when a, when a prestige kind of movie like this comes out, you always get the, well, it's Oscar bait, well, it's this, well, it's that. This doesn't, I don't know, it didn't come off as that to me. I feel like The Irishman was more like, here's, I, you know, I'm Scorsese, I can take as long as I want to tell a story. This one, we, I, my wife and I went and saw it as well, and I know there were people taking breaks in the middle, but I was, I was pretty interested the entire time through, and there's a lot, like you mentioned, to cover in this story, and a lot of new information that I just feel like, at least for me, it's not something that I learned about in the past. Yeah, and it's funny because people are like, oh, you know, all of Martin Scorsese makes his gangster movies, which is wrong because he's made Hugo, he's made Kundun, he's made Bringing Out the Dead and all sorts of stuff. But Killers of the Flower Moon is is kind of a gangster movie, though, too, about, you know, this kind of organized 
uh, suffocation of a people, essentially. It's, it's, a, it's a very fascinating movie. I think it earns its running time. Uh, and I think perform- the performances are great. And yeah, it's, it's a fascinating year for kind of the adult drama, because obviously you've got this movie doing pretty well, all things considered, like I said, for a three and a half hour long downer of a movie. And then you have Oppenheimer, another three hour long downer of a movie that made almost a billion dollars worldwide at the box office this year you contrast that with the marvels the new superhero movie coming out this weekend and it's looking like that's going to open on the low side so it does seem like there's maybe kind of a turn here where audiences are interested in seeing new things and new stories and interested not in comic book heroes and you know marvel brand names and are more interested in interesting stories and directors and the actors involved in stuff, uh, a.k.a. going back to kind of how things were over 20 years ago. You know, I thought it was fascinating how many people absolutely lost their mind at the length of it. And then there were some theaters that there was talk about taking an intermission, just like they used to do, like with the Ten Commandments and stuff like that. And it was just like, oh, for Pete's sakes, you know, relax. And yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And you had some theaters even putting in intermissions without the studio's consent. And, you know, on some level, I get it. These theaters would love for there to be an intermission because it's a great chance for them to sell you more popcorn, more candy, more soda. But the uh, Martin Scorsese and his editor in the movie didn't put an intermission in. So you don't get to do that. You don't get to edit the movie for them. And I, I think it's a little overblown. I mean, can we are grown-ups. Can we not hold our bladders for three and a half hours? Like, <laughs> and also, I mean, it's okay to miss, like, 45 seconds of a movie. You can quick run to the bathroom and run back. You, 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 you know, it, it's pretty easy. You know, this is not a crazy system we're offering here. No, it's not. And, and we're not five years old. You know, if you're a five-year-old, I can see where you need to take a break. But like you said, <laughs> we're quick. We can hurry up. And, you know, the pants come down. We do the job. And we get back to the seat. Um, so let me ask you, because to be honest with you, I know we got to take a break. But the benchmark for me uh, when it comes to movies is whether or not at the end of everything, when the, the closing credits come in, did I want my time back? And that's kind of what <laughs> happened with the haunted mansion with me. I just wanted something oh, to go. Yeah. Uh, see, see, that's exactly. It's- I got out of the and I said to Lou, we he took me and I said, you know, the best part about this movie was the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I I think I watched Haunted Mansion, but honestly, it's such a forgettable movie. It's honestly like I, I remember watching it, and I remember leaving the theater and being like, I couldn't tell you anything about it. It's just a very forgettable movie. Very, And it, the weirdest thing is, they made a Haunted Mansion movie and released it in July. Why did they not release the Haunted Mansion in October? Yeah. You know? Yeah. When people want to see scary movies and spooky movies. is. Very weird. Uh, Disney's had a bad year in terms of box office. It doesn't seem like it's going to get much better until uh, maybe next year. And well, that depends on the Screen Actors Guild strike hopefully wrapping up soon, too. So, yeah, lots of, lots of, lots of, Disney's got a lot of questions they got to answer. 
All right, Matt, we're going to take a break, but you're going to stick around because we do have other things we want to talk to you about. If you have a question for Matt or you want to ask him about a movie or, oh, heck, whatever, uh, Matt will answer anything either. He comes from a famous family. The old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. I am Carol Kane. He is Mike Spaulding. We're filling in for Steve Scafidi. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Okay, my board's freaking out on me. My- <laughs> AM620 WTMJ. I am Carol Kane. He is Mike Spaulding, and we are filling in for the vacationing Steve Scafidi, who will be back tomorrow. And right now on the air with us is Matt Miller from onmilwaukee.com. And uh, we're talking movies, and we're going to talk about the, uh, the Bucks in a little bit. But, Mike, you had a question for him. Yeah, Matt, I wanted to ask you, on the other side of the, uh, the prestige movies that we are talking about with uh, Killers of the flower moon you mentioned marvel real quickly uh i we follow each other on twitter i know your stance on uh comic book movies does it warm your heart the fact that there is a marvel movie coming out and most people do not know what it is at all (laughs) (laughs) this is the sad thing is i like most marvel movies i really enjoy one of my favorite movies of all time is a superhero movie in the dark night I think what bums me out it's it's kind of what martin scorsese has been saying uh a lot is that the the, the 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 overgrowth of these superhero movies and kind of the cultural domination of them has kind of left no room for anything else. I mean, you know, 15 years ago, you would have superhero movies in theaters, but you would also have other kinds of action movies, and you would have comedies, and you'd have dramas for adults, and there was just more variety. And now uh, everyone's all in on so much on superhero stuff that it's really hard to find something that isn't just a superhero movie or that you need to have seen the first five movies of a series to see, which I think that's why the Marvels is going to open so low this weekend. And so low is being compared uh, in comparison to other Marvel movies. It's still going to make decent enough money. But I think a lot of the exhaustion people have is that, you know, this Marvel's movie, it feels like you have to see five other TV shows and movies to understand who these characters are and what the point is, it all feels more like homework now. And I remember back in the early Marvel days, I would take my dad and my mom to see the Captain America movie or the Iron Man movies, and they were easy. And they're not big comic uh, comic nerds by any respect, but they enjoyed those movies a lot because they told really good stories that you could understand. And now it's like, well... If you didn't see this movie and this movie and you didn't stream this Disney Plus TV show, well, then you might as well not even show up. You know, it's 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 frustrating out there because I would love to take people to these movies, but uh, it's just a lot of required reading to get into the door. Yeah, the comic book nature of the the actual uh, source material has kind of caught up to the movies. I think we saw this with like the X-Men movies in the early 2000s a little bit, right, where it was like, well, I don't. No, we're going like back in time, but forward in time. Jennifer Lawrence is all of a sudden in a movie, but then she's not in one. I just feel like the reason comic books are not exactly mainstream media juggernauts is because you have to be pretty invested. And I feel like we've just kind of got to that point right now. Yeah, and we've kind of burned through all the classic characters at this point. We've burned through Spider-Man, Batman, Superman. And now, I mean, all these superheroes look the same, you know? I mean, we had Black Adam who was a superhero with Superman powers and the lightning bolt logo, uh, followed by Shazam, which was a guy with superhero uh, Superman powers with a lightning bolt logo. You've got this Marvel's movie coming out, and I couldn't tell you what their superpowers are besides having, like, 
glowy laser hands that shoot lasers? <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you're trying to sell people on how, like, Spider-Man, he has spider powers. Cool. Iron Man, he's got a iron suit. That's cool. The Marvels, uh, glowy hands? I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. You know, it's. I think we're kind of have... You know, I, I think we're going to have to start rebooting a lot of the characters people like and or rebooting, re, 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 rebooting them in the case of Batman. OK, let's switch gears and talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, because I, I read your article on on dot com, Matt, and I was really kind of surprised by this new Blue City Edition alternate uniform. I was I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, they, they've busted out blue again. They've done blue a few times. Now, blue is technically in their color scheme, but it's very hidden in their usual jerseys. And if you don't like the blue, if you look at it and you think to yourself, well, that's not the Bucks," I get it. I think it's a cool look. I like the blue. And I actually really like the blue also because this is a part of the city edition alternate uniforms that these are that every NBA team gets each year. And if you look through this season's and full NBA slate, everyone is wearing just the most boring uniforms. It's all black. It's all gray. There's no color. And what is the point of these alternate jerseys if we're not going to bust out some fun color and some interesting designs? So I know blue doesn't look like the Bucks inherently, but I'm just glad that a team bothered to try out a shade beyond black or gray for these alternates. So your bar is set pretty low then at this particular juncture, right? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I mean, yeah, some of these city jerseys look terrible. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets jersey looks like they're a dog food company. The Minnesota Timberwolves alternate jersey looks like they're a fake team from a bottled water commercial. I mean, the, the Miami Heat one looks like it's not even an official jersey. It looks like one that, like, a stand it will sell outside the stadium, and they didn't get the licensing, so they had to misspell Heat. It's just really kind of bad stuff this year. I think we might have to go back to the drawing board on this. There you go. The edition uniform trend in general. <laughs> we are talking to Matt Miller from onmilwaukee.com. I want to encourage everyone out there. He writes the greatest articles. He covers entertainment. He covers sports. And I want to give you a little love in the fact that this is now getting into concert season, and you're always right on top of it. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because you've got your Green Day article, and Green Day is coming to Milwaukee and Fan Field in August. So you're going to be on top of everything and keep us up to date as to who Who's coming and when, right? I do my best. We have a, an article that winds up every concert for uh, the month, uh, every big concert. So if you're looking for something to hang out and see this November, I've got an article for that. and It's very nice. The greatest articles ever seems, seems like a lot, but I'll take it. I'll take that compliment. <laughs> Absolutely, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. Say hi to your dad for us. Absolutely. Will do. Okay. Matt Miller from onmilwaukee.com.